Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else, however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Thank you, guys. Well, um, kind of in lieu of Father's Day, it kind of worked out that way. Um, I don't know if you can recognize that kid there, but... Uh, that was me with my my dad when I was about uh, about yeah yeah well and I I, I was watching and I, I saw him point whenever that whenever it first came up and it, it looked like that 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 he might have recognized it the the kid but uh, anyway that that was that was in lieu of Father's Day and so it, and and I'll, I'll get to that in just a second um, before we get started. Uh, there has been uh, a lot of calls for prayer in our country. Um, I think we all are pretty well aware that there's there's a lot of division. There's a lot of a lot of friction. There's a lot that's going on, and I don't think we've, as a country, have been this divided, at least in in uh, my lifetime. Much less many many of you who might be older than I am. So, uh, if we could. Just a moment. I, I'd just like to pause and just say a prayer for our, for our country. Could we do that? Father, we give you thanks today that we live in the United States of America. And for all its faults, for all the, for all the failures, for all the things that have been done wrong, Lord, you have blessed this country and you have, you have given us good leadership and you've given us people who, who care about about the direction that we're going. And Lord, right now there's, there's a lot that's going on that, that I know it, is, it isn't pleasing to you and it's so hurtful to so many people. In the name of Jesus, I ask you, Holy Spirit, come and bring reconciliation. I pray that, that, that efforts that, that would seek to divide would just be stopped, Lord, that you would, that you would come and that you would you would move on people to change their hearts, to change their minds, to change their attitudes. And Lord, I pray for those who are in leadership, God, our, our president and our, our Congress, our, our judges and, and the courts. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would move on them and impress them, Lord, about the things that would please you and be, be good for, for us in terms of, of following after God following after you. We give you thanks, Lord. We give you praise. And we ask that you would continue to bless the United States of America. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. I just just felt like we needed to do that. Well, the reason that I was playing John Lennon here on Sunday morning, well, that was his song to his son, Sean. Beautiful boy. Darling boy as it is also known. And it appeared on his album, Double Fantasy, that was released in, in November 
1980. Did I just click off? It, it sounded funny. Um, okay, I'm good. It was released on November 17, 1980, three weeks before he was murdered outside his, his apartment in New York on December the 8th. And that album was rewarded Album of the Year at the Grammy Awards the following year in 1981. Now, I wasn't much of a John Lennon fan growing up. I wasn't much of a, a Beatles fan. I was reminded many times of what John Lennon said at one point, that, that the Beatles were more popular than Jesus, and a few months later, the Beatles broke up. So uh, that was what I heard about in my home whenever I was, I was growing up as a kid. And, of course, rock and roll was, was of the devil and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, well, anyway, I, I, I wasn't familiar with a lot of Beatles songs. I wasn't familiar with John Lennon. And, and uh, until I saw a movie that came out in 1995 called Mr. Holland's Opus. How many of you have seen that movie? This is probably a movie night type movie. And I keep talking about this movie and I've had several of you ask me, okay, when are we going to have this movie night? So, so we, need to, we need to get it on the calendar and, and uh, Mr. Holland will definitely be one of those that we can, we can watch together. I think it would be great. Well, the story, in case you haven't seen the movie, and those of you who have, maybe it's been a little while, the story was about a talented musician who put aside his musical career in order to become a high school music teacher. And it was kind of like he was, a, he was a professional musician and he needed a job, and so he decided to become a teacher. So he becomes a school teacher and he learns all these things, and of course there's life lessons and stuff, and this movie follows him throughout his life and out, throughout his career. Well, one of the, the, the key points in the movie happens whenever he and his wife have their only child. His name's Cole, and he, he was named after John Coltrane, actually, and, you know, he's, he, he's, he loved mu music, and so, you know, he named his kid. Well, they discovered that Cole was deaf, and it became a, a, a struggle for Mr. Holland how to, how, how to, to embrace his son because he couldn't, he couldn't enjoy the music the way that he did. And so he, he learns ASL and, and he, he learns the language. He learns how to communicate with his son, but there's still this, this distance. And so he, in a, in a concert, performs this song, Beautiful Boy. And he does it by signing for his son. And it's probably one of the best little scenes in the movie. Well... There's a line in that song, and, and from the first time that I saw it, it was just like, oh, I, this, this is perfect. And anyone who's, who's ever, ever had a child, it, it speaks to, to that, that part of us that, you know, we want to do well by our kids. We want to we love our kids, and we want to do the best for them. Well, there's this, this line, and, and it, it, we, we showed it there on the, on the screen, but it captured my attention. And it says, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. Isn't that how it works? We all have our plans and life still happens. You know, there's the, the commercial. Life comes at you fast. That's why there's Allstate. Well, 
Since when has life ever turned out exactly like we wanted it to? It hasn't been the case with me. I'm sure it's not been the case with you. So with that, we're continuing our series in the Gospel of Mark. And the title of my message is, A Day in the Life. And this won't be about me, so I just use that for a nice little background. Now for the past couple of weeks, we've seen how Jesus faced continual heavy opposition from Jewish leaders for healing people on the Sabbath. Now he was facing opposition, but it didn't slow him down. Now these, these leaders were motivated by their jealousy of Jesus... And everything Jesus did, it endeared him to the ordinary people. It endeared him to the simple people who who really just came to the temple to hear the word of the Lord. And so he had quite a following of people that, that would follow him all over the region of Galilee. And because he was so popular with the common people the Jewish leaders just hounded him all the more. They just wanted him to go away. If they could get Jesus just to leave, just to to go back wherever he came from, they would be fine with that. But he wouldn't go away quietly. So as we saw last week, the leaders had started plotting to have Jesus murdered. Still, with so much opposition, Jesus was still healing... He was still freeing people from evil spirits everywhere he went. And he was demonstrating the power of God and the kingdom of God with all those who followed him. So with that, let's look at our our text in Mark chapter 3. And we'll begin in verse 7. Jesus went out to the lake with his disciples and a large crowd followed him. They came from all over Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, from east of the Jordan River, and even from as far north as Tyre and Sidon. The news about his miracles had spread far and wide, and vast numbers of people came to see him. Jesus instructed his disciples to have a boat ready so the crowd would not crush him. He had healed many people that day, so all the sick people eagerly pushed forward to touch him. And whenever those possessed by evil spirits caught sight of him, the spirits would throw them to the ground in front of him, shrieking, You are the Son of God! But Jesus sternly commanded the spirits not to reveal who he was. Now if you look at the placement of this passage... It falls right after Jesus healed the man with the deformed hand. That was last week. Jesus just had the man stretch out his hand and it had been healed. And the Pharisees were going after him for that. Well, the passage following this one that I just read is where Jesus called the rest of his disciples. Up until now, he has the five disciples, James and John, Andrew and Simon, 
and Levi, who's also known as Matthew. Well, if you read through this passage, and, and it's not the language that Paul that, that Mark uses, it just kind of glosses over what happened. It, and it seems almost like a lull in the story. I mean, you last week we, we saw how Jesus healed this man specifically. And then next week, if you decide to read ahead, you'll see that Jesus is calling these disciples, the rest of his disciples, by name. And he spends time in prayer before he actually calls them. So this little passage, it's just kind of like, he just kind of skimmed over it. And it almost seems like that, that this is just kind of an afterthought. Just like, yeah, this is how we got from point A to point B. But I want us to see what Mark actually said because it's, it's quite remarkable when you look at it. First of all, people from cities and regions outside of Galilee, several days' journey came there to see Jesus. Then these were regions from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, which was, was Median, and and then Tyre and Sidon, which were, were far to the north, it was a several days' journey for anyone who might have been on foot or even if they were riding on a donkey or a camel. Word of Jesus' miracles had spread. People kept talking about this guy who kept healing people, who would go about and he didn't ask for anything for, for healing them. He just kept healing just for the sake of healing. And his reputation grew and grew and grew. Well, the second thing Mark says about that is that many people were healed from various diseases this particular day. Well, how many is many? Is that 10? Is that 50? Is it 100? Is it 500? Is it 1,000? Mark doesn't say. Now, I think it was a lot based on what he said, but we, we really don't know the actual numbers. And the third thing was that he also says people were delivered from evil spirits. The people that had these spirits, they fell to the ground and they shrieked that Jesus was the Son of God. And they fell before him and Jesus demonstrated that his power was superior because he delivered these people from these evil spirits as they were laying there at his feet. Well, I think the reason why Mark wrote it this way was because it was just another day in the life of Jesus. But the, for those who were healed and delivered... It was a glorious day. Well, according to scholars, our text implies that Jesus might have wanted to take this particular day off with his current set of disciples. I mentioned that, that, he, that he had the five with him. Well, this would be the last time that there would be just five. 
And since four of the current disciples were fishermen, it's kind of a safe bet that they might have decided that they were going to go fishing. And so they thought they were going to get to, get to go fishing and so they headed to the lake. And they were thinking that they were going to do what they loved to do. But as we see in the passage that Jesus had other plans. Now I think we know, I think everybody knows, that if you're going to catch fish, you really need to start early. Now I'm not much of a fisherman, but how many of you are, are, are actually fishermen that you, you like to fish and you want to get out there? No? Nobody? Wow. Okay. Oh, Jeremy. Jeremy's got his hand up. Oh, in Lane. Okay. All right. Well, I, you, you were behind Terry's head. So, um, but, but, but I think you guys would agree with me. If you're, if you're going to go fishing, it's really not a, it's not a good thing to go out at noon and expect to catch fish. Especially here in Texas. When the water gets hot, the fish stop biting. But if you, if you wait and go in the, in the cool of the morning, you're going to have pretty good success. I mean, that, or if you go at night. It's, it's kind of one of those two things. So, so it, it's best to get an early start. Well, in our passage, Mark doesn't tell us what time of, time of day it was. But Jesus and his disciples, they got to the lake. It's probably early in the morning. And then they saw a crowd coming. Now, by this time, I think the disciples were pretty accustomed to, to people coming. They were used to the crowds. But this particular day, I think it was bigger. I think it was a much bigger crowd than they were used to. And so they're, they're watching what's going on. These people are coming, and, and it's just like they always do. They come, and they want Jesus to heal them. And so they're looking around like, are we going to get to fish today? Now, based on Mark's description, it's really not clear what happened next. If you look at the passage, Jesus told the disciples to get a boat ready. And that was possibly in the event that the crowd got out of hand if they, you know, because they're next to the lake. If they just keep coming, he has no way to, to retreat from them. He has no way to get away. So let's, let's set up a boat, have the boat ready. If they get rowdy, then we'll load up in the boat and we can go across the lake and get away from them. But as the crowd approached, as they got to Jesus, he started healing them. All kinds of diseases, all conditions, they were healed instantly. And the people just kept coming. As he healed them, they kept coming. And he healed more and they kept coming. They kept pressing. They kept coming to Jesus. And he didn't. He never slowed down. And nothing else is said about the boat. Did he get on the boat? Did he get so bad that he had to get away? It doesn't say. He just kept healing and kept setting people free from evil spirits. But this was just another day in the life of Jesus. Now this, this past week in Alpha, we heard a talk entitled, Who is Jesus? 
We were talking about that this morning in our announcements. Well, I was, I was really moved by it. If you, were, if you were here for Alpha, I think you, you probably were. It, 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 was, it was just so much information and, and just, just really inspirational stuff that they had to say. Well, in it, they discuss questions people are asking about Jesus. Like, who was he? What did he do? Was he for real? I mean, these are questions people are asking about Jesus today. Maybe they weren't raised in church. Maybe they never had exposure to a Bible or to, to, the, to the gospel message. People still want to know who Jesus is. And the video that we watched is full of biblical evidence for who Jesus is. And again, it's very good stuff, and it's highly recommended. If anybody would like to like to see that video, if you weren't in Alpha, just um, if you would send me a text or just let me know, and I'll I'll find a way to get that link to you so you can watch it. But after we finished up Alpha at the church, I came home and I was thinking about the video, and I was thinking about the series, and I and I was thinking about this series, and. Before I, I went to bed, I, I wrote down some stuff, and I, I just want to share this with you, and, and, and then I'll be done. But these, these were just some thoughts that I had on Wednesday before I went to bed. What if we really believed that Jesus was the Son of God? If He is really the Son of God, then He has a claim on our lives. He's God. That, that's, what we, that's what we profess, that Jesus is God and man. So if he's the Son of God, we need to be asking ourselves every day we live, how can we live our lives in a way that pleases him? What if we really believe that Jesus called us to be his disciples? Not just believers. Because believing only acknowledges who he is. And the Bible says that even the demons believe and tremble. So there's got to be something more that makes us a disciple than just believing that Jesus is the Son of God. If we put our faith in Jesus, if we put our trust in Him, our lives, we trust our lives to Him, we must do something with what we now know. Jesus calls us to action. What if we really believe Jesus told us to do the things He did and would give us everything that we need to do them? Because he did. How might that affect our sphere of influence? How might that affect our families? How might that affect our friends? How might that affect the people that we work with? If we really believe that Jesus called us to do the things he did to heal the sick, To cast out demons. To do the things that Jesus did. Because 
our world's not that different from the world that Jesus lived in in terms of people. We all still experience the same stuff. People are still in need of healing. People are still in need of deliverance. And he's called us to do what he did. To do the things he did. How might this understanding, this knowledge, this revelation, maybe we need the Lord to show us that Jesus is the Son of God and we are his disciples. How might this affect how we live our lives? What would a day in our lives look like if that's what we believed and lived? You know, I used to wear a a bracelet that said, what would Jesus do? Well, what would we do if we believed Everything that we say we believe about who Jesus is. Well, the Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Romans, talked about what a day in the life might look like with Jesus at the center. He said in Romans chapter 12, and I'm reading from the message, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. And don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants you to do and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. You may remember back in January... After I said that 2019 was going to be a year of growth, it was actually going to be the year that we fall in love with Jesus again. That's my hope for us as a congregation, that we would fall in love with Jesus. Get back to the first things. You know, we life happens and, and things happen get away from us. And we, we intended to do a lot of good things. We intended, uh, we intended to give our lives to Jesus fully at some point in time. And life happened. And we find ourselves at a place where we're broken. We find ourselves at a place where we're undone. And we think, Lord, how can you use me in the state that I'm in? and it's almost as if he wants to say I've got you right where I want you I've got you right where I want you just give it all back to me and that's his, that's his desire for us 
That we would give everything back to Him once again. That we would pursue Him with the same passion that we did when we were younger. And yeah, now we're, we're a little smarter, hopefully. Maybe a little wiser. Maybe we've got a few marks and scars and things. But, but He still wants to use us. We're never too far gone for Him to use I want to remind you of what Jesus told his disciples again before, we, before I close. In the Gospel of John. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater works because I'm going to the Father... You can ask for anything, anything in my name, and I will do it. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. So yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Well, I don't know about you, but I would be content to do some of the things that Jesus did. And the idea of doing greater things, that's beyond me. So, I'm going to ask you again. What might a day in our lives look like if we took Jesus seriously? I'm ready to find out. Can we all stand together this morning?